from out of the misty Christmas Gotham fog. Penguins, cats, and bats emerge. It's Batman Returns. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. That was kind of yeah, my this Batman is... voice, Alex. Oh, yeah, I like it. I like it. I, uh, I, I also was, you know, what that I was impressed by your voice, but I was also impressed that I got to watch this as a kid. <laughs> I don't know, I man. I don't know how I watched this as a kid. <laughs> Just to be completely oh, so honest funny. with you, yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> and to be honest, I don't think I did watch it much. Oh, um, really? No. Not compared to the first one. This was the one I think my parents tried to keep me from as much as possible. So, oh, Which, so watching it now, I can see why. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kids probably wouldn't pick up on most of it, but. No, but um, also, it's also kind of. It's just dark. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, so the one scene that I really remembered mm-hmm. um, was when Penguin bites the guy's nose. Nose. Oh, for sure. You definitely remember that. See, I didn't remember it, which makes me think like I watched this when I was a kid. I've watched it at some point, like uh, like fifteen years ago, maybe. But like as a as a younger kid, I think maybe I my parents had kind of kept me from a lot of this. So yeah, it was interesting yeah. watching yeah. it now as a parent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I knew not to watch it because I, I had heard it was pretty violent. It's not as violent as I expected when I heard that it was pretty violent. Just that um, part, that scene right there is the violence, really. Yeah, I would say you're probably right. Um, maybe cat woman kissing mm. Shrek to death with the, That's uh, true. the taser. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But, are, um, I guess there are a couple more violent moments, but that's that's the brutal moment with like a blood squirt and yeah, it's kind of <laughs> right. It's uh. uh it's intense. It's intense. Well, welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. This is the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airways, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about monster movies and more. This week, we do have our Christmas special. This is a Christmas movie, Alex, mm-hmm. apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Batman yeah. Returns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they say Merry Christmas at the end of the film, which qualifies it. And, it qualify. and I saw a Christmas tree with lights. Yes. Several times, actually. <laughs> the lighting of the tree is a central part of this film. Um, it is, it is. Yeah, so I'm glad we're going to be back to fill everybody's voids. I mean... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and everyone has had a, a Christmas special void since last Christmas, and yeah. we're just here to fill it. And, uh, I am excited to get started, Alex. Yeah, I am too. I am too. You lousy beaks. <laughs> Following the first major studio release of Batman, Tim Burton returns behind the camera with 1992's Batman Returns, featuring Danny DeVito's Penguin, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and of course, Michael Keaton's Batman. As an unconventional Christmas flick, Alex, we go in a different direction this year. But did Batman Returns still bring the holiday cheer? Mm, I don't know if it brought cheer. (laughs) Maybe some fear. Um, there, there, there's a lot here to like, though. Uh, that was worth cheering about. 
First mm. off, uh, art direction is just phenomenal here. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, they really... It was good in the first film that I watched for this um, as well, but th- they really stepped up their game. The big sets, the big uh, statues, Penguin's Lair, everything just oozed style. Mm-hmm. And that I was certainly cheering uh, for throughout the movie. Um, that being said, in terms of story and our characters, I think the first hour of this film is pretty stellar, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was I was pretty blown away about it by it. I even texted you, Eric, that mm-hmm. I think I said something like I was really liking the movie or I was very surprised by it. Um, that being said, right after I texted you, I started the movie back up. And right about the time we decide to have Penguin be our mayor, I think the film kind of takes a turn, turn into something that I didn't quite care for as much, um, which was disappointing. It, it starts leaning into the camp too much, to the point that I did not end up liking the movie as much as I had initially. Because I'm telling you, that first hour, I was in love. <laughs> So, to to see it have those turns, I'm interested Mm. to see, Eric. You said, yeah, when I said that. Were you on board with me there, or or did it take a turn for you as well? Were you feeling the chair? Yeah. Like, I had had even, I think we were just texting briefly, and I said, yeah, I think I like this one more than the first. But I was at the same point that you were. I had watched, like, the first 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then, right after that part, things start becoming even more campier and yeah i start to have some mixed feelings about it but let me let me let me just say a couple things before we get into some of the negative uh, elements of this film batman returns is exactly the type of movie that modern superhero movies are trying to fight against <laughs> i think for better and for worse yeah um and i think this is a quintessential tim burton film again for better and for worse and i mostly like tim burton the focus of this movie is really on its weird offbeat villains in that campy and dark tone that revolves around these characters. Mm -hmm. And those characters, the villains, they're actually the strongest part of this film, Um, which is both its strength and its weakness. Mm. I like the scene where Catwoman makes her costume and crafts it out of materials that she has in her apartment. There's this sense of being a self-made woman and and in character that grants Selena her independence, but also drives her insane. Her persona, her identity is being stitched together just as her costume is stitched together, right? Meanwhile, the Penguin is also trying to ascend the social hierarchy by becoming the mayor. And, and I think the mayor plotline, Alex, for me, that's not necessarily the downfall, though it, it, no. it's very absurd. It's absurd just enough to work. I think for me, the downfall comes a little bit later. But I'm curious what about the, the mayor storyline was kind of the turn for you? Oh, so it's not necessarily the mayor storyline um, mm-hmm. itself that's a problem. Actually, none of the story itself is a problem. It's just yeah. the execution of some of it. Um, when 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 Penguin is this absolutely horrifying thing, right? And they're trying to get him ready to be this mayoral candidate. Um, that that's when Danny DeVito as the at 
as the penguin starts doing things that mm-hmm. are a little, as the, this is when he starts going mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right, all right, the right. time. And yeah. it's like, okay, this is getting a little annoying. And this is when it starts really leaning into the, uh, the horny penguin, um, a bit, which is fine. I don't mind that element, but it's, it's really leaned into here, uh, for the rest of the film starting at this point, yeah. really. Uh-huh. And I, I love a good, uh, <laughs> a good joke like that. Like I think it's hilarious. I but thought I thought you were about to say I love a good horny penguin. <laughs> I love a good horny penguin, but but I, it, it's excessive. And it's at this point between him making all these jokes and going huh, 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 and no one having a reaction to him. It's just it just starts to become like a little too much, and then from there it just keeps crescendoing. And it doesn't stop. I mean, we end mm. the film with penguins strapped with rockets strapped to their backs, mm. which isn't the end of the world. But on top of everything else in that buildup, it does become a bit of a problem and a bit of a sour point for me. Um, even if <laughs> it is funny. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I could see another argument that this film starts to become style over substance, mm-hmm. but. I actually do think there's quite a bit of substance here that contributes to that style. The effects you you mentioned in our our Monsters vs. Men conversation last week, Alex, you mentioned that the effects of that movie were great. I think the effects here are pretty great too. They mm-hmm. they're all practical, which becomes incredibly impressive at points. And at the beginning of the review, you mentioned the set design and the art direction. All of that is absolutely on point. Uh the circus gang is yeah. awesome. Um, they are. I mean, there's just so much variety there. Um, there's there's so much to take in and enjoy. You can tell that Burton loves Christmas and Halloween uh, in this movie. But where the film falters for me, actually, Alex, is, is honestly, it's a little bit what you're saying with Penguin. The Penguin, um, he becomes kind of fixated on his attraction to weird it's it gets weird right (laughs) but i could say the same thing about bruce wayne right and his batman here this is this to me is where i think the film ultimately suffers a lot is i don't think we have a great hero in this movie Mm. there's nothing that attracts me to bruce wayne as a character in this movie uh it relies completely on its predecessor um in that regard, which is fine, right? This is a sequel, but there's nothing in here that makes me like Bruce Wayne as a person. And there's nothing that makes me really like Batman as a person. Mm. There's there's nothing. It's so focused on its villains, Catwoman and Penguin, that we literally don't get a personality from Bruce Wayne except for his attraction to Selena. That's it. And and to me that that becomes the issue with with the superhero movie is it's so focused on the dark side, um, and I would say it does go back to that style. It's so focused on that that we lose the focus, which ultimately should come back to Batman in some sense. Yeah, that, yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, I I think I agree there. You know, uh, we I definitely got more of a sense of Batman off of that first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we spend a lot more time with Bruce Wayne there, and I find him to be an interesting character because we see, you know, how he treats people that are talking behind his back. We see all mm-hmm. these different things. Whereas in this, it's just his interest in Selena, um, and it becomes a little rote in a lot of ways. And I, I agree, he's not as interesting here. Um, it's really just about what he does as Batman, and I guess they expect his character to carry through from the first film, but I just don't think it quite works that way. We don't, we don't see, uh, there's no arc for Batman here. There's no arc for Batman. He just does his thing. And the dialogue becomes solely kind of these quips, right? Yes. Um, That's it. Which which almost feel somehow out of place in some ways to me. Mm Um, and maybe it's because I just watched the first movie, but he doesn't have that many quips in the first movie. There's a couple, but it's not like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I to me, there's a balance. I, so I saw the first movie too, um, probably six months ago, Alex. Oh, okay. Uh, I watched Batman, uh, and I was semi impressed, uh, revisiting that. But I was also slightly disappointed. Uh, here, I think it leans in the other direction. It leans into that campy direction, whereas the other one didn't have as much of that style. Um, I think there's probably a perfect in-between that these films could have kind of found um, that would have been kind of that sweet spot. But they both lean too far in their respective directions um, to fully work for me. Now, with that said, I, I've I've enjoyed both of them. I, I will tell you here, I love Danny Elfman's score. It continues to be great. Uh, it's amazing. It's I think absolutely it's, amazing. It is great. I think Batmobile is the coolest hero in this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had that little uh, Batmobile Me too. action action figure car that broke apart, you know, and the yeah, sides it, came it sh- off. And it shot the front piece off, too. Oh, so awesome. So awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that. That was great. That was a great toy. Um, I will say my other gripe is the last 40 minutes, and, and I hate to be down on a Christmas episode, Alex. Oh, no. Ah, man, we are we are maybe disappointing some, some I was pretty here. down on Gremlins, too, so it's okay. That's true. That's true. But... Um, the last 40 minutes of this movie feels like there are three different kind of plot lines and they just kind of get derailed rather quickly and conveniently. Um, you know, you've kind of got the, I'm going to kill the firstborn yes. <laughs> of everybody. I'm going to, uh, what am I going to, I'm going to do the next thing. And then I'm, I'm, I'm going to get my penguins to, to go attack city square. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And you're like, oh my gosh, uh, what, what, like, what is going on? And then Pat, Batman just conveniently uses some sort of technology to reverse everything that he's trying to do. And it's like, well, that's kind of lame. Uh, <laughs> mm, yeah, right? uh, I was like, okay, cool. You like input in something on your computer? Alfred's the real hero, I think, in this movie. Because uh, <laughs> he's Alfred is the real hero in this movie, actually. Uh, he's the man in the chair. Yeah, yeah, he he is the man in the chair. I mean, when it comes to all the technology, I expect I expect that that Alfred's really the guy doing it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it just felt like so many things were just derailed because Batman found a way to, which makes sense. Like Batman should have better technology than the Penguin, but 
but like there's no it just comes kind of out of the blue you know so i don't mm. know i think the final sequence with catwoman uh is actually works pretty well yeah. uh it's campy yes but like that it, it does work in, in the film uh with the nine lives type of thing but yeah the penguin sort of multiple sort of uh, attempts that he makes, it just ends up feeling kind of forced. So that would be my my other gripe. First half, first hour of this movie, though, so so much to to latch onto and to enjoy. It's a shame that the the second half doesn't quite live up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they make Penguin such a fearsome character in the first half, only to kind of blow that up. And I, it, it, you know what? It kind of goes back to the mayor race where it starts, mm-hmm. where, he, where Max it is introducing him. That's when, when he, he is no longer scary yeah. and he becomes a joke. Yeah, it's like he's he kind of when he starts interacting with other people, you know, the film starts to almost change direction a little bit into a satire comedy. Um, and so the tone management becomes off at that point. Because uh, it's this point where I was texting you, I was like, I like this movie more than <laughs> the first one. There's a specific moment um, that we'll get to in our awards where uh, I was like, this is kind of the climatic moment, and then it does shift from there. So mm. maybe we should move into our awards, Alex. You ready? Let's do it. Compelling character award. Who you got? Despite my gripes with where the a lot of the story goes uh, for him. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Penguin, you know? All right. <laughs> it's, first off, I, I know it's not, I can't believe that acting. I'm not going to say who it is, because I'm going to leave uh-huh. that to you, Eric. But uh, this character is done so well. Um, having that black, like, tar coming out of his mouth wherever he talks. He is just such, like, a fearsome character. And you want to know how he survived as a baby. How, what did these penguins feed on? I mean, I guess they fed on fish. <laughs> And then I guess he went to the circus for a little while, uh-huh. um, and then he came back. I don't know, but uh, I, uh, I his character is just so interesting. You want to know how he survived in those early years, and I, I really want to get a better view of what he looked like as a baby. Like, why was he so scary other than his little flippers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, for for everything that we get from the penguin, which we get a ton, this movie is focused a lot on him mm-hmm. is almost a little bit underdeveloped i think at times to me um i i, I do but that kind of makes him compelling so maybe there's a balance there um you kind of make him mysterious without um going too far i don't know yeah i can see that i actually think the compelling character for me is selena kyle mm, um yeah definitely she's good because because i think the transformation of her character is interesting in this conflicted aspect of who she is. She kind of has this existential crisis and she's having it already, even before um, she gets pushed off a roof and almost dies and should die, but lives. Um, She's having the existential crisis already. Mm -hmm. She's saved by Batman and she's been kind of uh, bullied and demeaned in her job. Yeah. And so she's already in the midst of this. And then this kind of life-changing event happens. And she's a split character. Uh, I think those connections to Batman are interesting. Um, that's the part to me that that uh, kind of thematically is the most interesting in this this film. Which reminds me a little bit, too, of uh, The Batman. 
uh, and some of the thematic elements there. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, hmm. I, I I liked her as, as a character and where, where she goes. I, I don't quite understand Bruce's fatal attraction to her, but um, hmm. yeah, she's an interesting character to be sure. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, Eric, what about your most memorable line award? Well, it took me a second to think of a, a, a line that wasn't suggestive. <laughs> that wasn't an innuendo of some sort. Yes. Because there's a ton in this movie. Uh, but <laughs> there's this there's this line um, from one of the one of his assistants, uh, Penguin's assistants in the mayoral office. So like a hired assistant. Uh, I think her name is Jen, but she says, uh, she's getting Penguin to put on gloves, and she says, "Our research tell us that voters like fingers." <laughs> mm. I love that one. I love that one. That is good. That is good. What about uh, you, man? Yeah, mine's actually a line from Selena Kyle. Like you said, you know, trying trying to struggling to find one that's not suggestive. Um, but uh, she had a line where when Max. Shrek has got her, he's about to kill her. And she mm. says, uh, how can you be so mean to someone so meaningless? Mm. And it's like, you know, that's a, that's a really sad thing for someone to say about themselves. And it yeah. also explains, you know, when she goes home, she pretty much destroys everything yep. um, in her life that she probably used to care about. Um, yeah. Very cool. And I also like, you know, that she has that sign that says hello there. And then she destroys oh, the O cool. and the T, and it says hell, uh, hell here. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's cool. Um, how about Can't Believe the Acting Award, Alex? Yeah. I want to give this one to our least eccentric part of the cast. Uh, well, not least, technically, but I want to give it to um, Christopher Walken as Max Shrek. Nice. I think yeah. he does a really good job as this villain. He's the only one that doesn't really get that campy. Um, but I, I buy I buy his like scumminess. But also, I also buy that he can pull one over on everybody. Yeah. Uh, because he does have so much charisma when mm-hmm. he's talking. And he does sound very authoritative when he does so. So mm-hmm. I really liked uh, his, his portrayal of this character. Very cool. Yeah, that's a good choice. Um you alluded to this earlier, Alex, but I am choosing Danny DeVito as the penguin <laughs> here. The makeup helps a ton. Um, but also <laughs> my my most the most exposure I have to Danny DeVito is him and it's always sunny. Yes. <laughs> and this too. is just such a different role for him, of course. Um, where he gets to flex a different sort of, of acting muscle and, mm-hmm. and play this otherworldly monster character, Alex. This yeah. is Monsters vs. Men, so our Christmas movie does have to tie in. And there is that interesting tie-in between uh, the monsters in this movie, like who is the greater monster, Batman or the Penguin? Well, I think it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that the Penguin is the greater monster here. Um, and it's really not because of his appearance... Like that's the thing with with this sort of monster. It's uh, in his behavior. That's what makes him the mm-hmm. monster, um, ultimately. And yeah, I mean, he <laughs> he has to deliver some pretty ridiculous lines, but he's also just so scummy. And 
<laughs> pretty dang horrifying that I, I am impressed that that they're able to pull this off um, as, as the penguin. It's a hard character. Whenever you're mm. you're creating them like this, it's a hard character to pull off, and I think they mostly do in in this film. And I think a lot of that goes back to Danny DeVito's acting. Definitely, definitely, hundred percent. He does such a great job. He does such a good job. I think the other disservice they did for his character, though, is put him in that goofy, um, the goofy like sleepwear. Yeah, the pajama suit thing. Uh, shouldn't, they yeah. shouldn't have done that because he was intimidating until you see him in that too. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, mm, I don't know. Yeah, there's he could have been a more intimidating character, I think overall, um, which would have made him a better villain and less of that campy. It's it's that campy turn that goes a little too far that I think undoes mm. this movie. But enough of that. Oh, that's a good shot, Alex. What you got? So there's a lot of effect shots in here that are really incredible. And and I would give many of them my awards, especially some of those intro establishing shots for mm-hmm. Penguin's Lair, um, even the man even Wayne Manor. But I'm gonna give it to one that was actually pretty creepy, and that's uh Selena Kyle when she dies and comes back to life. Mm-hmm. And her it's that's got that cool. really close up shot of her face and her eyes are rolled back and they're mm-hmm. flickering. Oh, it's so it's so unsettling. I really like that moment. Yeah, that is cool. That's a great great moment. My what favorite shot mm-hmm. is the penguin arising from the sewer shot. Um, oh, with where the baby? He, yes, with the baby, <laughs> and it's it's from behind, right? And he rises out, and like people are crowding around, and there's photographers and journalists and audience members, and he's coming out. He looks intimidating and, and incredibly interesting at that point. Um, I, I'm really impressed by that shot. And that was the high point. <laughs> I was like, this this is the high point of this movie is is there's been so much uh, good, like you can really see Burton's fingerprint here. This is uh, heading in the right direction. And to me, that is that, that moment where after that, um, things start to turn a little bit. They start to go downhill from there. But up until that moment, and, and that moment itself, I think is incredibly uh, interesting and intriguing. Um, Gotham's reaction to Penguin is intriguing as well, but Penguin's reaction to Gotham leaves a little to be desired. Hmm. Yeah, I, I liked his initial reaction. Like, you know, he's going and looking for his parents. Uh, there's like a sad element of him doing that even. And you kind of feel a little sympathy for him because yeah. of how horrible his start is. Mm-hmm. And it would have been really cool if that really played off, but instead his parents are dead, right? Like mm-hmm. we could have really had him have that horrifying moment of meeting them. And then it goes even further South. Yeah. Um, Which I, I think you could have, I think you could have played off the dead parrot role and just, you could have done more with that, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, you have Bruce's dead parrots <laughs> uh, that you could have played off of. Um, yeah. That would have, which granted is played a lot on in Batman, right? And, and they so. play on it a little bit because he immediately has the sympathy for him. But then mm-hmm. he also immediately gets rid of that sympathy when he figures yeah, out Yeah, but who the he sympathy, is. you can tell like automatically because it's like a minute later, he, he doesn't buy it, you know? Right. So, I don't know, it's interesting. 
Mm, yeah. Now, Eric, your unique award. What do you have here? Yeah, I have the uh, my favorite Triangle Circus gang member. So the reason I chose this award, Alex, is because as I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking back to the Batman Returns video game uh, from oh, Super wow. Nintendo, which is a side-scrolling uh, beat-em-up, right? That's just absolutely fantastic. And one of the mm-hmm, reasons yeah. it's fantastic do you remember this game? Did you ever play this? I, I did. I did play it. Now I don't. I don't have a whole lot of memories about it. Oh, Most man. of my memories come from this. Uh, I can't even describe the game, but it was one of those games where your images move, but the background does not. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Old school, uh, very old school. This, yeah. Let me just tell you, like the the video game is completely. It takes all those different variety that I already mentioned, and each person has a character. Like that's what makes the video game so interesting is the art design is, is so well done, um, and it just goes throughout this entire movie. That's probably my bigger exposure to Batman Returns as a kid than actually watching this movie itself. Um, but I tell you, I love the there's the guy in stilts that is like juggling Uh-oh. and yeah. fire. That guy is awesome. And there's also the devil character that breathes fire from the, the uh, really cool. There's so many really interesting uh, gang members here. Um, and I remember pretty much all of them just from that video game. So that was what stood out to me. What about you, man? Hmm. Um, I think, you know, I'll do my favorite uh, gang member as well. Uh, there was that skull kid. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. not from Zelda, but from this. And he, I think he's a pretty creepy looking. I really like that character. Um, my other the skull kid award, is in the video game. That's in the video. All these characters, literally all awesome. of them, are, are in they're pretty that. memorable. Yeah. I will say, yeah, yeah. Um, the, my other unique award would be that's a whole. This is the what were you thinking award, and this goes mm-hmm. to Bruce Wayne for that awful Batcave layout, like. How are you supposed to get from side to side? Oh, yeah. What's that? Oh, my gosh. He has to use that bat zip line every time he goes to another station. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. <laughs> what were you thinking? Oh, man. All right, man. So final thoughts and tiered rating. I'll go ahead and, and start. Mm. As I said, I think this film has a lot uh, to like. Um I think it centers around its villains, and I think for the most part, its villains are interesting. Um, the backstories are good. Selena Kyle's story, I think, is is the most complex here. Penguin's design is pretty horrifying. Art direction, fantastic. You can definitely tell Tim Burton is the director of this movie, no question. It has all of his trademark uh, features. It and. A lot of that you can absolutely love. But as I said earlier, for me, the biggest thing that I desired more of was more Batman. A Batman that I could uh, really enjoy and love. If I had that, I think I could have could have uh, maybe embraced some of the campier elements in the second half. But without a Batman that I, I necessarily cared about and could uh, root for, then the campiness just went a little over the top for me. So ultimately, this is a Gamera tier film. Mm, yeah. I think I'm right there with you. Um, 
Well, there's a lot to love here with the sets and art direction and our villains. Um, and even some of the action sequences are kind of fun. It, the, after an hour, the movie takes a turn that is far too sharp for my liking. And it continues going down that path to a point where it, it, it's kind of hard uh, to... <laughs> To love it like I was. So it, this is a gamma tier for me. Um, I, I, I really like all the characters. Uh, Batman is fine. But he's not as interesting as he was. Like I said. I, I did just watch the other one the day before. And he actually ha- is a character with a lot of personal stakes. Uh, because the Joker is directly interested in something that he is. Mm-hmm. Whereas Selena, between him and her, she's just there. She's doing her own thing, but she's not quite at risk like a normal person is, right? I mean, for God's sake, she dies eight times in this movie. <laughs> um, I th- it it just lacks a, a lot of that personal impact for me because, like you said, Bruce is just not quite a character in this one for me. Um. Well, his performance is fine. That being so, that I think for me, it's it's a decent Gamera tier. I, I would say the first movie for me is probably a Godzilla tier. Like that's how much I mm. enjoyed it. Um, so this was a little bit of a fall, despite having such memorable characters and some pretty memorable moments as well. Yeah. Um, I would still recommend people go watch it though. I would say, like, if, if they're a fan of Batman, and I'm like, you want to do you want to see someone who kind of gets it for the most part? Like this, like this is like the set, like the sets and stuff. Like this is what I want from modern filmmaking. Mm. It's just other aspects. I'm kind of glad we left behind. Yeah, that's no, interesting. Yeah, no, I, I honestly, I think for me, the first Batman is a Gamera tier as well. Um, I know lots of people rate that pretty highly, but they're both they're both kind of right in line with each other, um, and I think are flawed in different ways, uh, but ways that make them sort of equals in, in my mind. But I, I definitely get why uh, most people probably enjoy the first one more. See, I sure. I, I thought everybody loved the second one. Oh, really? I, I might be wrong, but I, for some reason, I always thought that the second one is the one that's remembered fondly. Mm. And then I never mm. hear anybody talk about the first one. So mm. I didn't know what the opinion quite was on that, but I, I, I could I be, be wrong. wrong. I, I, could be, <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong too. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, we'll have to review that one sometime down the road. Maybe Alex, no, it's not a Christmas episode. <laughs> it is not. We'll have to figure out what day of the, of the year it came out and we'll do it for that day. There you go. There you go. (laughs) As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can find the archive of past episodes and connect with us at our website, mvmpod.com, or follow us and message us on Twitter and Instagram at mvm underscore pod. You can become a bargain basement at patreon.com forward slash mvmpod and receive regular bonus content, including early releases, watch alongs, producer chats, and more. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Connett. Executive producers are Faye Basir, Christopher Cavero, and John Freeman. Special thanks to our wives, Comma Rock Band for PlayStation 3, which forms Subblock B, Louie Loop, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, Instagram Connector, and you, the listener, for listening. 
Until next time, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and don't let penguins be your pallbearers. <laughs> and, and try, try to, to stay, stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. I thought, I thought you were about to say, I love a good horny penguin. <laughs> I love a good horny penguin, but... <laughs> <laughs>